But a couple of things I want you to think about as you're very troubled and discouraged by what we've seen happen in our nation. Like Matthew, I believe that our nation died on January 6th, 2021. And it was an honor and a privilege for me to be there at the epicenter when it did. And I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed that we stood on those Capitol grounds and on a piece of that ground where the public would not normally be able to go and that we lifted up the name of Jesus. We called out, cried out against the wickedness in this country and in that Capitol. And we boldly declared what should happen to those traitors, liars, and devils in our Congress. And so we've already got Republicans in Washington. We've already got the evil, evil, evil Attorney General of the state of North Carolina begging people to give information about North Carolinians who were there because he wants to go after them. Well, Josh Stein, I say to you, come. Come for me. Bring it on. I don't, I don't I offer no apologies for what we went there to do. Now, if we had gone there to support Donald Trump, we'd be very disappointed and we'd, be, we'd feel betrayed and we'd be very unhappy. And, but we didn't go there for that reason. We went there to lift up the name of Jesus and to call men to repentance. And so we were able to bed down at night knowing that that was done. But to be there and to see, uh, to be a part of what I think history will record as a watershed moment was a real privilege. And I thank you for those who supported us in that. You know, as I've been preaching these last few Sundays, you know, trying to connect Revelation 21 with the birth of Christ narratives and the times we're living in, I don't know if you think it's been a good connection or not. I've been kind of looking at Proverbs 11. We started at verse 7, and I... I I just kind of glanced at verse 6 today, just kind of my eyes fell upon it, and I think we should take comfort in this. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them. It's not Trump that's going to deliver us. It's not Republicans. I hope your eyes are open. If you're still a registered Republican, I would encourage you to do what my wife and I did many years ago. We unregistered. We're not affiliated with a political party. Do it. Do it immediately, unregister. But they're not going to deliver us. It's the righteousness of the upright that will deliver them. And my friends, our righteousness is Jesus Christ and his righteousness. It will deliver us. But transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. They're going to be taken in the very naughtiness that they plot against us. And friends, don't be overwhelmingly discouraged or fearful at what seems to be the triumph of evil. Here's a little known fact of history that you're probably unaware of. Herod died. Herod the Great, the one who killed the little babies, he died just before Passover, 4 B.C. Christ was probably born anywhere from six months to a year prior to that event. That's why we say Christ was born somewhere between four. They'll say six BC. I think that's too early. I, I would argue that Christ was probably born around the fall or early uh, or, or the end of the, uh, of the year um, uh, 
our calendar. It's two different calendars. But I think Christ was probably born, could have been born in December, could have been born in the fall. The wise men came sometimes, sometime within the first six months. They defied a tyrant. They went home. Herod came in there and slew the baby boy. Jesus, by God, Mary Joseph and Jesus escaped to Egypt. But Herod died very shortly after his reign of terror. Herod is a living example of this verse right here. He was taken in his own naughtiness. Does anybody know how Herod the Great died? He had a lot of enemies. He wasn't assassinated. Herod died. No, that's, that's Herod's grandson. Acts chapter 12. It's another Herod. Herod the Great died from severe medical trauma. Kidney failure. They say he was just, he was itching to the point of complete and total, what's the word I'm looking for? Itching all over his body. Um, and I had notes on this. Let me, let me find it. I'll read the exact uh, words that I read. Intense itching, painful intestinal problems, breathlessness, convulsion in every limb, and gangrene of his genitals. Yeah, they'd probably say today that's COVID. He died of COVID-19. <laughs> but Herod had a condition called Fournier's gangrene. It's literally where an infection begins in your genitals and it eats them alive. It's, it's, it's disgusting. God struck him in a most disgusting, painful way very shortly after his tyranny, his reign of terror. God struck him with the most horrible disease. He died in terrible pain. God keeps his word and God will avenge his saints. Transgressors shall be taken. And don't think these wicked people are going to get away with it. They won't. They will not. Joe Biden is not, never will be my president. He's an usurper. I won't pray for him as a president. I'll pray for his repentance and against him as an usurper. But there's a payday coming. <clears throat> there's a grave error that perhaps we, in our political convictions and our political hopes we've had these last four years, there's a great error we've made. It's an error Donald Trump has made, a grave error. It's an error that his son-in-law, a Jew who ought to know better, has made. And it's an error that many Christians and those offering counsel to the president, if there even are any Christians, I have my doubts about Mike Pence. He disgusts me. Uh, he, he disgusts me. But he's always been a gutless coward. We should have known that. We should have looked at his govern, governance in Indiana. Gutless coward. But um, there's a grave error we made. And I was thinking about this morning. Psalm 127. We've forgotten this in America. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wakes in vain. Guys, MAGA is in vain. 
because its foundation was not the Lord and his word. You can't build a house that will stand unless the Lord builds it. It was all a foundation of sand. And we, we would think that and we might say that here or there. We even said it out there at the National Mall in Washington. And you should have seen the anger that it produced. One woman came up to me and said, you shouldn't say these things. Donald Trump is God's anointed. No, my friends, God, there's one who is God's anointed. The word anointed, we translate anointed as Mashiach in Hebrew, Messiah, Christ. There are not many Christ. There are not many anointeds. God's anointed is Jesus the Christ. How dare we call a man that is not the true Messiah, God's anointed in that sense. And those verses that refer to that are talking about the Messiah. But that highlights the error we've made. We've made that error. And if you continue to look at Psalm 127, it tells us it's vain for us to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. It's vain to do all of these things without that foundation. But when you have that foundation... God can give you sleep and rest. And then it, it makes an interesting transition from a house built without the Lord to children. It's a strange transition here. Unexpected. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the room is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Guys, they haven't taken our children yet. We're blessed to have children that we can tell the truth about these things. Here's a scary thought that, and I'm just kind of going after, I'm going along with how the Lord leads this morning. Here's a scary thought I had. If we sit here and capitulate with evil, if we make peace with evil, if we unify and heal with diabolical evil, is it possible if the Lord tarries that our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren will curse us for our cowardice? My friends, you can't heal with diabolical evil. We can be at peace amidst evil. As much as we can, the Bible tells us to be at peace in the midst of evil. But we can't make peace with it, and I won't make peace with it. If the Lord tarries, I don't want my children and my grandchildren to curse me because I was all talk and no action. Something to think about. We've erred greatly. And notice I'm using the first person we have erred greatly. But we have, there is, a, there is a, a weapon we can employ. There's a weapon. And we need to use it. We need to use it day in and day out. And Matthew touched on this earlier. We have a mighty weapon. And I'm just going to say a few words and I'm going to turn it over and let the Lord go with the rest of this service. Luke 18, we have a, a mighty weapon. And these things came to me as I was sharing with my family this week in a time of devotion. We were reading through Psalm 37. It's a great psalm to meditate upon in these days. We're told to cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not in any wise to do evil. Don't 
don't go down that road because God is going to take care of the wicked. Rest in Him. But Jesus told a parable in Luke 18. We know this parable, but we cease to understand it. And the truth is right there in plain sight. Why did Jesus speak this parable? Luke 18, 1. He spake a parable unto them to this end or for this purpose that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Do not faint from praying. But what type of praying? Oh, Lord, please give me this or please uh, protect this and, 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 and please uh, help me to keep my job. That's not the type of praying we're talking about here. Said there was in a city a judge... A judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. He was a wicked judge, an unjust judge. He didn't fear God and he didn't care about man. He did what he did for his own benefit. It's a very clear picture of what is all over our country today, from the Supreme Court Chief Justice all the way down to the district judges who care not about unfortunate mothers and daughters who have been abandoned by their husbands. They don't care. They care more about COVID and not getting sick than making a deadbeat husband pay child support. That's what they care more about. Unjust judges. And there was a widow in that city. A widow is someone that has lost her husband. She came to him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. Have you ever made the connection that someone took this woman's husband from her? Someone murdered him or killed him. That's why she went to seek vengeance. And there was no justice. He got away with it. Whoever took her husband. So she went to an unjust judge, avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. The judge ignored her for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. This widow continued to bug this judge. He had no interest in helping her. But he finally came to the conclusion, if I don't do something, this lady will never leave me alone. So he determined to avenge her, and he did. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. So she'll leave me alone and stop bugging me for God's sake. I'm going to grant her her petition. And she was avenged. Now, Jesus said, hear that. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? What type of prayer is Jesus encouraging us to do? Prayer for blessings and prayer for shallow, trivial things? Or is this, is a, is this a prayer that cries out to God for vengeance? Unless he's talking about imprecatory prayer that cries out to God for vengeance, the entire imagery of the parable breaks down. I tell you, verse 8, that he will avenge them speedily. Guys, we need to learn a lesson here. We need to bug God day and night that he will avenge us of this diabolical, demonic evil that has taken over our country. 
that he will avenge us of Democrat devils and communists, that he will avenge us of Republican traitors and cowards, that he will avenge us of Antifa and Black Lives Matter, that he will avenge us of this wicked worldview that has been foisted upon our children in the schools, a godless worldview, that he would avenge us of these things, and he will. We need to bug God because God is not an unjust judge. He's not an unjust judge. He won't avenge evil because he's tired of us praying to him. He'll avenge evil because it is the right thing to do. So I think there's a lesson here for us, guys. This is the weapon we have. Crying out to God day and night, avenge us. Avenge us, Lord. Avenge those little babies of all the blood. How dare that witch from the pit of hell Speak of citizens coming into our Capitol building as desecrating her temple. How dare she say such a thing? Those people sitting in that Capitol building that were so scared like petty cowards have overseen the chopping up of our little children and have done nothing. To hell with all of them. May God avenge us as speedily. Unless they repent, to hell with them. I defy them. America chops up its little children. And we're screaming and hollering because somebody went in there and took a few selfies. Somebody moved a desk, picked up a podium, knocked over a few things. Man, desecrating the U.S. Capitol would be like somebody going into the temple in Jerusalem during the days of Manasseh, the wicked king who actually set up idols in the temple of God. That'd be like claiming you, were, you could desecrate Manasseh's temple. Give me a break. Or that'd be like claiming, claiming you could desecrate the temple that Antiochus Epiphanes desecrated in the days of the Maccabees. You're going to tell me the Maccabees desecrated the temple? God doesn't call it desecrating the temple. He calls it cleansing the temple. And it's exactly what Jesus did. I say they're heroes. God bless them. I don't care who they work for. To see somebody carrying that podium of that witch gave me joy. But guys, we have a weapon. It's Luke 18. It's praying to God. That's our weapon. I think that's instruction we need to hear. That was instruction God gave me this week. When you gather with your family around your table, cry out against this evil. Don't lightly esteem it. Call it by name. Call it by name. And live free. Live free. If they kick us off Facebook, live free. Who cares? I'm tired of it all. I'm tired of Facebook and all of this stuff. We went and climbed Table Rock in the snow yesterday. What freedom there was in that. Didn't have to think about any of this garbage. We've got a weapon. I don't really have much to say. I'll... I'll, I'll preach Isaiah 18 next week if the elders will allow it. Um, but Matthew, I'll just, I don't know, it's only 12, 18. I'd like to hear some more instruction.